Uh, welcome everybody. Good Hi. Wednesday and welcome back, Mary Beth, of course. Phil will be joining us as soon as he gets home. So he's going to pop on the here. screen when he's yes, ready he to go. Yes, he will be he's here momentarily. Home. So, uh, yeah. So we're tonight, we're going to do, uh, I think we're going to start maybe a series. I'm thinking of animated stuff. We, I think yeah. I was thinking we're just kind of made me start thinking about other animated movies that I enjoy. And um, there's a lot of good ones out there. So I think we might do a series. We'll just do a whole bunch of animated movies. So I think Absolutely. I've already decided. Now we're off next week. But I think the week after that, I want to do The Incredibles. I want to skip uh, it off. Yeah, you know Incredibles. what? And that's also that's a really same good director. One to do. Same and director. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, I think that's going to be a really good one to do. Um, so, before we get into, we're, we'll, and we're writing on Phil, what do we have for news? We have news tonight. So, first of all, I'm sure you've all noticed me. I'm very colorful tonight. Happy Pride, everyone. Everyone who celebrates. And those of you who don't, come on. Um, oh, Speaking of stuff that we just did, Star Wars Month was so much fun. I loved it. Can we actually, like, if we're still doing this again next year, can we do that again? More Star Wars? Was, there's always room for Star Wars. There's always room for Star Wars. Yes. Star Wars Month was so much fun. Um, last week, I was reporting on all those things that the fans were hoping for to come from the Star Wars celebration. And sure enough, they have come to pass. Bad Batch got a trailer. Mando got a trailer. Uh, Ahsoka got some film they got some footage out of Ahsoka which is amazing because they just started filming that thing which means like that's the that's the magic of modern technology right there um put the dailies right on the dailies right on right on at the, at the convention and of course we are all watching and I hope all of you out there are watching Disney's most watched premiere Kenobi no spoilers we will give nothing away uh but there's been one really cool cameo so far and sharp-eyed viewers think they saw Mark Hamill playing an extra. Like he just, you, it's a blink and you miss it kind of thing. It's a guy in a hood and you can barely see his face. I missed it. But I didn't see that. When you freeze it, like when they get screenshots of it, it does look like Mark. And Mark neither confirmed nor denied. So it might actually have been Mark because he'll do that kind of thing. Like he he loves to, like he's voiced a bunch of stuff and he'll play an extra and stuff like that. I, I love the man. Uh, moving on, Top Gun Maverick, which I really want to see, yeah, uh, did see super well this weekend. It was designed for IMAX. Did you see it? I have not seen it. I haven't seen it yet, but I want to see it. Everyone loves it. Every single person I talk to loves it. It did $124 million here in the States on its three-day debut. I don't know if three-day is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I think it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then it did another 120 million worldwide. And that is at 240, whatever is Tom Cruise's biggest debut ever. Wow. However, and good for you, Tom. That's awesome. Uh, however, it wasn't a competition for the multiverse of madness. Uh, that thing pulled 350 million here in the United States and another $465 million worldwide, plopping it down to $815 million. I need to see where that rate where that ranks on the Marvel. Yeah, like right now, no way home or no Marvel's, way home. Yeah, was, raking it in. Oh God, every single thing they do, they just rake it in. Yeah. Hey, you're trying uh, to say so, hey to Sue and William and David and Chris. Thank you for guys for joining. Tonight. Chris, I'm we glad you're here. It. Yeah. I know you said you like this movie and too, Jeff because I want you to as well. And Dr. Alexander's here too. Yep, I saw that. I did say David. Uh, moving on. Oh, moving on. South Park. Those of you who are South Park fans. South Park dropped a special called The Streaming Wars today on Paramount Plus, uh, which is kind of interesting. 
um, because they have, they're sitting on 25 seasons. They're in their 25th season of South Park. And all of that, including this 25th season is available on HBO Max. What happened was in August of 2021, Paramount made a $900 million deal with Trey Parker and Matt Stone for six more seasons and 14, 14 exclusive made-for-TV movies or specials. So if the boys are on season 25 now, six more, put them at like, what, 31? Like, unreal. Absolutely yeah, unreal. They keep coming they keep coming up with. Uh, they keep coming up with it, and it's and it's. But still you know, they're, they're pretty good. They'll they'll do stuff that's obviously you know yeah. within the current political or Always. social climate. You know, whatever's Always. going on in the world. So I I love. I used I used to be a huge. That's a that's fan. an endless well of material. But yeah, because there's always it is, and on. it is for all the shows that that kind of draw from it, and there yeah. there's a number of. Um. So that all of this is according to Variety, but what what I haven't read anywhere is whether. Are they just going to leave the 25 seasons on HBO Max and then do these six new seasons and the 14 movies on Paramount Plus and never the twain shall meet? Or are they going to consolidate them all at one point or not? I don't know. No one's probably up for the lawyers, I guess, to hash out. I guess, yeah. It's It's all about the money. It's all about the follow the dollars. The money's the money's coming up, coming up, coming up June 10, Jurassic World Dominion. I can't believe they're still making these movies. This is it. This is the last one because the official tag that they tweeted is. Watch the epic conclusion, conclusion. of the Jurassic Park. Because, era. you know, the first how many times they did the park and it went wrong, they didn't learn their lessons. <laughs> Let's make that park again. Let's try it again. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking at the trailer, it looks like the dinosaurs have escaped the park and are yeah, now yeah. roaming at will, roaming free everywhere. Stranger Things, speaking of stuff dropping, Stranger Things has dropped super fun so far. Yep. They've only dropped the first half. They're calling it volume one. The second half will drop in about third In July, I think. Days. Yeah, in July. Yeah, I, July. I'm only I'm like a couple episodes in, but I'm loving it yeah, it's so good far. good stuff. If you're a Stranger Things fan, you won't be disappointed. If you're a Stranger Things fan, you will not um, be disappointed. And as always... Yeah, the kids are, are, are a little older, but it's yeah, it's very along the same lines of what they've been doing. The enjoyed. kids are a little older, um, but you is, know, they hit on that 80s nostalgia. They, they just do. hit they that, got that nostalgia. nostalgia. Especially those of us that really grew up in that time. And I, yeah, I, I graduated um, you know, from high school in uh, the 80s. They so, really yeah. did nail a lot of it. Um, so it, it's 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 doing well, and then of course to, the big news, of course, tomorrow is the Orville season three tomorrow finally airs. Orville it's like three. it's like the unicorn series. It seems like it would never drop. Finally, yes, the June second. And so, they worked um, hard on that. I've yeah, been I think it's going to be good. They've yeah, expanded good it too. a lot, apparently, from what I've re- uh, read and and then heard from um, McFarland. You know, he's they've really, really, really. Uh, brought their game up for this last season Good um, for them yeah i follow a couple of the set guys and the you know the production guys on twitter and they'll tweet little things and yeah it look they it looks like they had a blast making it but it looks like they really poured their hearts and souls into it yeah. so i'm, I'm and really then of course for all mankind also is dropping in june I and for all mankind date. is dropping and there's a lot of good stuff tonight, to watch a lot of good stuff tonight finally tonight stranger worlds is chugging along uh, still to good reviews Minor fun fact, uh, Christina Chong, Lanan, Lan Noonien Singh slash drummer 2.0. Yeah, baby she, drummer. Baby drummer. <laughs> if baby drummer at all looks familiar to you, it's because 
she is the one who mistranslated Melody Pond's name to River Song on Doctor Who, and thus River Song was born. She played Lorna Bucket, and the episode was A Good Man Goes to War, which was a classic episode, which, yeah, it was yeah. one of the better Matt Smith episodes. So, yeah. So yeah, that's that's how we all know her, guys. I like she's been, I've been looking at her and looking at her, and like the drummer thing has been there. But I'm like, I know her from somewhere. Yeah. Well, they clearly. I still say they did. They did the drummer thing on purpose. It's a little too, too, too. Comic. A little too on the nose. Yeah. I mean, in the appearance. Appearance and attitude, and, and although drummer was, you don't know who we're talking about. This is from the Expanse. Is yeah, there's a character on the Expanse played by Kara G. And, and just she was, she became quickly became my favorite character. Um, between her awesome. and Amos. She was a, a badass female. Between her and Amos were my favorite characters, but Amos, she was just, she was just was really, yeah, she was a great character. And they were all my favorite. You know what? That's the thing about the Expanse. The Expanse could do no wrong. They were all That's my so. favorite character. Like, so, like every so single thing. We were talking about talking about Kenobi and talking about Strange New Worlds, and I, and I was telling Mary Beth beforehand, and although I, I like Strange New Worlds, I love Kenobi so far. Um, but one too. of the things I, I noticed as I'm watching Kenobi is that Disney does one thing far superior over what Paramount is doing with Star Trek. And that is they didn't change Star Wars at all. And I'm not this is not a bust on, on Star Trek and the way they've redone it. But if you watch Star Wars, any of their whether it be Bad Batch, whether it be Kenobi, Mandalorian, Boba Fett it all has the exact same look you yes. know the universe you're in yes you are immediately goal. in your universe it has you know exactly whereas in star trek they keep changing everything with every season and like new uniforms yeah. and new ship, new and, new ship. And, and i just i just think that's i think where disney has has really done a better job with their franchise uh than paramount has yeah but i agree rather I they didn't need to modernize it. we we look at their hey look there's like a so anyway that's my opinion you can i think that it, you're course, dead on but i, I mean i don't i like opinion. i like stranger worlds there's some stuff i don't really like about it um but it out of what the last few shows this is so far the best one um yeah this last one so. i haven't seen this newest one so don't know yeah, i mean there's always guys. stuff i can nitpicky on you know and i kind of like i'm like judge i'm like a judge you know i'm like okay uh, that's wrong but i'll allow it you know yeah that that's wrong and i'm not allowing isn't there a rule with star trek that they have to make each show look slightly different doesn't the enterprise have to look different yeah, well that's what kind of we were talking about i was saying phil was like disney disney doesn't do that with star wars if you watch any of the star wars shows you're no matter what it is in that universe you, you know you're watching star wars yeah you know you're watching star wars exactly has the same look and feel the whole all the shows have the same look and feel as star, the original movie. star trek can divert so far so much unless the well, you know they every every, on, every year it's now it's new com badges and new, new uniform. badges, new uniform, and I know why they're doing it because it's like shooting nerds in a barrel. Because we all go out and buy new we shit. <laughs> well, well, but the Star Wars does that. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, they they turned what were they they made a million dollars off of the gonk droid, 
you know, or other. But that was, but that's been there forever. There's the, always been the, a gunk. The, that it power, that droid's been there since I mean, the first. Kind of a bit, like they gave us BB-8. That was new. I, yeah, I they that. did. I'm not saying they don't add things, but they the feel. Things, if you look at the feel, the way the fundamental, the, yeah, the, the ships are made, the way the buildings <laughs> are, the way. You know, if you go, if they're on Tatooine and they're in Moss Eisley, it looks like Moss Eisley. Moss Eisley. It's always you know the same. Yeah. They don't change it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe the reason is because they haven't used the Akutas on all the shows. And if they had, well, I agree, they, and that's another. That's a that we could do a whole show on that. We could do but, a whole show on that. With I agree with you there. Yeah. That's just, that's issue. true. I mean, but was listening know. to the Akutas talk about Enterprise, it would be like, well, they understand, and they were trying to you know evolve Enterprise towards that you know gumdrop button look of the of the original yeah. Star Trek. You know, of, yes, of the they were. Oh yeah, even the ship. Yes, they were. If they had gotten to the next, the fifth season, NX01 was going to get the refit and have the. Have a secondary hull put on. Yes, and Doug Drexler. Will and Doug talk Drexler about that designed too. it. And, and talks, I guess it's been in. It's, it's actually technically bridge. canon now because it was in an episode of Picard, the model of of the NXS one. That's original. true. It was but technically yes, it was. now that it's canon, even so and prominently too. Like not yeah. blinking, you miss it. It was yeah, right there. It was there. He was playing yeah. with it. So Star Trek Picard exists just to get stuff made into canon because didn't didn't the Kazinti or was that was that lower decks wasn't the Kazinti canon now because of that. Well, the one thing that know. lower decks has a lot of the one thing was the Spock helmet with the that yeah the Spock decks. helmet is canon now the Spock helmet became canon because that that now was in that was in lower decks so yes and don't forget I the the Tom Paris plate yes Tom Paris plate <laughs> I see that Doctor Alexander says Top Gun Maverick may have been better than Top Gun let the debate begin Doc you're not the only one to say that a lot of people. Ken, Ken Schmidt said that too. He's I like, I think it was. So, yeah, I'll have to see it. Well, maybe we we'll come back and revisit that one in a few maybe, months. Maybe we need to do a little Top Gun. Not really a sci fi film, but it certainly isn't reality. So, yeah, Chris LaRoche, Star Wars, no change in continuity. You're absolutely right. Yeah, no change there's in a continuity. lot of stuff. So, we, we could have a whole show on that. But anyway, so Phil is here. We're going to talk about now that we're 15 minutes into the show, we're going to talk about the topic that we actually. That we're here for. here for, which is 1999's The Iron Giant, Warner Brothers animated thing. Now, apparently, Phil is is a, is very uh, into this. If he's paying attention, I don't know what he's looking at over there. What are you looking at? I'm actually uh, <laughs> I'm reading the comments. I'm actually moving oh. some stuff around, <laughs> and I'm sitting. I'm not sitting in front of my radio station setup. I'm actually uh, sitting in front of my normal PC, and I can read the comments in real time. Oh, so good. that's what okay. I was doing. I was reading those. I'm comments. seeing. I, I see Chris LaRoche like, loves this movie too. I was hoping people would compliment me on my haircut. You know, <laughs> so they did. They did not good. notice your haircut. And Kent Schmidt loved this movie too. I don't know where he is tonight. I think he had to work late or something. But yeah. so yeah, anyway, people, so Phil, this, this movie is beloved. Yeah, Phil, tell us why you like this movie. Well, right I like this movie for a lot of reasons. There, there were a lot of things going on in this movie. It's very deep, and I understand you can approach it as a kids' movie, um, but. There, there are so many levels to this thing. This movie truly is an onion, I think. It's a um, pure anti-war, anti-gun movie, first off. Um, it's set in 1957, so you're dealing with the quote-unquote red threat and how it was sort of like hyped up. Um, at the same time, because of the character of Dean, um, I really... Uh, liked him as well because he's a beatnik he's a jazz guy and that points to like the integration that's going on in the 1950s so i'm bringing a lot to the table i'm bringing this anti-gun thing i'm bringing 
the anti-war uh, thing there. But I'm also bringing the fact that like Dean, Dean is a progressive and Dean is like the Obi-Wan, you know, and- Yeah, Dean is a counterpoint our, to, yeah. uh, to like the townspeople or the military people. To, to yeah, and and manage. and Hogard, Hogard is 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 Luke Skywalker. Hogard is the hero, but Hogard like becomes into that. Hogard only Hogard could have taught um, the Iron Giant to become what it became at the end of the movie because he was an innocent. And I think anybody else had got him to him first, it would have just been a disaster, including Dean. I think the fact that you know. Um, Hogarth has that moment at the power station where he turns it off and he saves him and the uh, Iron Giant is, is a machine only built to deal, you know, it reacts to outside stimuli. So if you point a gun at it, or even if I went like this to it, it's going to react. And I think it's programming reacted that it saw that Hogarth was was saving it. And no one, these are weapons, so no one saves them. They, they're built to be destroyed and of course it puts itself back together so um it's very very deep but at the same time it's it's a it's a children's movie because the iron drive is actually like a, it's like a tin robot toy from the 1950s so it's a it's a it's a toy that taught boys to be violent it's a toy that you dragged out to your backyard and went bang 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 you know i got you and i got you and you know so it has that imagery attached to it you know and and where it goes, you know, I mean, how deep was it when the deer gets killed? Yeah, that and, was so there's three. And he was key... explaining life and death to it. Yeah. So, so yeah, and I threw soul. a lot of stuff yeah. out there right now because I'm trying to catch up. But yeah, jump in, jump in. Uh, yeah, no, no, you, you're absolutely right. You don't have right. to catch up because we didn't start on it. We haven't started yet. But Dean, <laughs> okay. just, just to add another layer to your onion, um, Hogarth has, has uh, I want to say three or four really key moments with the giant. One is when he saves them in the beginning. Two is the deer, and he has that whole conversation about soul, souls. But third is, and the most important is, you can be, is when he tells the giant, you don't have to be what other people say you are. You can be what you want to be. And interestingly enough, to pull it back to Dean, that Dean said that first. Dean said that to Hogarth first, and then Hogarth repeated it to the giant. So yeah, Dean is kind of interesting. Like he was there on purpose and he was a really interesting little counterpoint to, um, because and the reason why- He's anti-establishment. He's anti-establishment, you know? yeah. yeah. Because Brad deliberately said it in the 50s because it, the, the 50s was like, you know, the time for nuclear family, but also like nuclear terror. Like there's this undercurrent of paranoia because it was the cold war, right? Everyone was scared of getting like nuked. And it was like- Yeah, they even, they so even kind of riffed on that when they had this- And they, the yeah, they school, talked about you know, Sputnik is Get under the table and- Yeah, duck and cover. And yeah. And they had those, those were the films they had out those back then that yeah, were the, absolutely. you know, the duck and cover. And, you know, we were all going to just hide under our desk and we'll be fine. When pretty much they knew that that wasn't going to be the case. Chris <laughs> Nobody's going to live, so it really doesn't that, matter. Just makes you feel better yeah you know guys i know you guys chris and ken i know you guys both love this movie too if you can type in the comments just briefly why you guys like it i want to hear other, some other opinions this thing is beloved it won like nine emmys it's become a classic it has now been named a classic it got the it got the uh not home alone but the christmas story treatment it got like on thanksgiving or christmas the cartoon network started doing marathons of it really 
Yeah. I didn't know that. That's so they did ironically again. It was one of those films that was a financial bomb. Complete financial. And here's the thing. But it was very up against. Well it aired. It, it, well it was released the same weekend as The Sixth Sense. Yeah, it was released. The so that just completely blew it out of the water. The critics loved it. Yeah. Not it wasn't criticized too much. Sense. Fans, the the few people who went to see it loved it. People love it now, but in that moment, nothing. Like it did nothing. No one went well, to see again, it. Well, again, I think I saw you know, my reaction again, a lot of people, this is for, I had never seen it. So I just watched it the other day because I just never saw it. Um, I generally don't seek out those kind of movies. And I, yeah, I think I see why though it didn't because not that all Phil's points are correct, but that's not why people go to movies. People go to movies just to watch, to be entertained. Oh, yeah. And it is an entertaining movie, but it's entertaining at a child level. At least for me, it was, it was very basic. The, the plot points were pretty obvious to me. There was nothing. I was more interested in the wanting to know the robot's backstory. And you know, Brad, I wanted to know who built the thing and why it was on it was earth in the first the place. Book it's based on. He deliberately left that, that out as being too distracting. And I think I agree. I know, but one that's where I was. That's where my interest was. It's like, especially when he kind of did the whole world, world of the worlds thing. World of the worlds thing. Yeah. One of the producers said, I, I, I like I like that and, and, and I agree with you uh, to a point, uh, Rizzo. Um, and and you I like the fact that it leaves and I haven't read the book. I like the fact that it leaves the robot's backstory out. You kind I of fill in the blanks. He's damaged, he's falling to earth, he's too. damaged. Um, he you know his something has happened. He is a teachable machine. Um, does he's he got this dent in his like head. Major? I don't know. You know, I mean, I don't know if he's just reacting with programming. I, I got the see. My impression was the dent in his head was interfering with his programming, and that yeah, he I didn't remember. He, was he wasn't remembering why he was sent there in the yeah. first place. Whether yes. it was to destroy. Oh, I don't think he was sent there. I think he crashed there. I think he just well, you know, but, yeah. out of a battle. Nearby. However, it ended up. But yeah, Rizzo, you're absolutely right. He was damaged, and that interfered with. Which is program. kind of odd. Again, didn't fit. I know it. it it's like a suspension of disbelief but he could repair every single part of himself except the and detonation. recall yeah but he did it popped out he did, <laughs> he did it at the out. end yeah. it finally popped um, out yeah he but, so but to uh to, i just want to go back to what rizzo said before um you see you're right movies are there to entertain and people are going to see um mission fly around an f-14 tomcats or whatever it is uh, with tom cruise this weekend you know and that that's to do a certain thing but this movie is meant to transcend it's meant to bring you from one place to a different place whether you're 60 years old like i am or whether you're 12 years old and it's 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 pointing you at a different way of looking at things and i think that happens um when dean and hogarth say you know you are who you choose to be, choose to be yeah. and that doesn't is not just an anti-gun message uh, although it works in that context that works to everybody in this age of when People are like, you know, having their rights taken away because, you know, because they're gay or because they're transgender or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, it's frighteningly still relevant. Frighteningly. Yeah, it is, but again, I go back to the average, you know. 70 years later. The average moviegoer, you're going to, the, the, you're going to the movies to escape reality. And yes, there may be that, an underlying message, but the fact of the matter is, is that most people, if you're not looking for that, you're not going to get that. That's oh, a you know what I'm saying? Are, you're just going to be entertained yeah that's a, and i'm sure it was marketed as a kid's film so right there a lot of adults are that don't have children 
are not going to go see that film. I would in 1999. I had no interest to see that film. I wouldn't. Wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. One of the producers. I would have totally taken you. I would have bought you popcorn. He, he would have brought you popcorn and he would have held you up so you could touch the screen. Like yeah, I, I so. did that with Jamie. Um, you read that, yes. I, I did read that. I took my I took my kid, my my Jamie, twice to this movie. I uh, 1999. So Jamie was five years old, and um, we saw it once, and then we saw it again. And you're right, no one was in the theater. It was just the two of us, and it was a small theater. And at the end, I said to Jamie, "Do you want to touch the credits?" Because we were staying, you were like right there in the front. So I picked her up and. And we were touching the credits as they roll by, which was That's which was uh, enduring dad memory. One thing yeah. I noticed so about I, this film, even though it's a Warner Brothers film, it has a very very strong Disney feel to it. Yeah, it really does. It, That's okay. It, this leave the drawing into me it was very. It's, it, 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 and it did have a. It did have a. Actually, more and I thought about it, it did also kind of make me feel like some of the old Warner Brothers cartoons. Yeah, it's a Warner Brothers movie. Yeah, I think they did that on Secret of Nim. It was kind of like a Don Bluth vibe for me. And it was given, you know, they offered a Don Bluth, Bloom, Bluth. Bluth or Bloom, I don't remember. Well, Don Bluth, I think. They offered it to him first. He did turn it down. Yeah, the palette, they pulled from uh, Norman Rockwell and a few other artists of the day and the palette, the the palette is very specific. It was revolutionary in that it was the first mix of old fashioned animation and the giant himself was CGI, CGI, which was fascinating. I just want to actually adjusted the CGI. So it made it look Yes, they had so the lines would kind CGI. of wiggle and stuff, so it would look so it would more look a little because it was looking a little too clean. Yeah. Um, when we were talking about how come no one saw it, um, I want to read some comments that Crystal Rush made, but Doc Alexander said poor advertising. Yeah, Doc, it was, it was very poorly advertised. And one of the producers made the comment, he's like, you know, when people there's like so many family films out there that are just fluff, like just shoot them up fluff, nothing. And when people say to me, how come you never make smart family or smart kids films or smart family films? He's like, we did. Here it is. The Iron Giant. We made it. You guys didn't come see it. And, so, that's, I mean, why, and that's why they it, uh, studios will always kind of shy and away from will always shy away from it. They, they, yeah. they, they need to make mon- their money Chris, and they're not going to put millions of dollars into something that's not going to give them a significant return. Yeah. Yeah. Chris is saying, uh, I saw it in the theater. My jaw hit the floor. The detail of the period was spot on right down to the Marky Mail. Yeah, the details. Yeah, the, I'll give him even that. Even the, the army, uniforms, the military the was military the way they drew the uniforms. Right. Everything. I'll give him that. Everything was accurate. Um, yes. He says and it had a very it had a very day the earth stood still kind of feel as we met. It does have the day the earth. You know, the army's going to just blow everything up no matter what. Yeah. Um, you know, that was, kinda... was it more more invaders from Mars, the classic invaders from Mars. If you remember that film, wasn't the army. I don't remember that. Well, one. any of those 50s, the army was going to blow um, up. Ed, Ed Wood stuff like it, yeah. it, the army would come and just blow yeah. it up. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting because the, the general Kent Mansley, which is played by Christopher McDonald, who I love. Yeah. Um, he was the one who was a little bit. Uh, like let's blow it up but the general who was played by john mahoney yeah who we all know best from from, uh, from fraser, fraser. Yeah. he was actually a little more level-headed and he he, he wasn't going to immediately blow it up he was yeah it didn't, it didn't kind of in his why approach. why why was manly so adamant about blowing it up like he became obsessed with destroying know. it first he wanted to find it okay i get it because he had a reputation but then he became like obsessed with destroying obsessed with it. it even yeah. though there was evidence that maybe they shouldn't destroy yeah. And then he makes the idiot thing that this, he almost blows them all up because he tells well, the, 
the Nautilus, I which I love that they brought the Nautilus. I will love that that, that they used the Nautilus because the Nautilus was, as many of you may or may not know, was was this country's very first nuclear powered submarine. Yeah, and it was launched in the fifties. Uh, it's also yes. the first vessel to go under the North Pole. I think Mansley was like, "We can defeat anything. We're undefeatable," you know, because clearly, clearly, just electrocuting it would have worked. Well, yeah, it would have, but you see, <laughs> that would have taken thought. And I think what's being illustrated here is like the mindlessness of the uh, the military industrial complex. You know, it needs to move forward. It's a shark. It like swims and it eats and it makes baby yeah. sharks. That's yeah, what it that's does. Right. Yeah, I mean, again, right. goes, it, and that all goes to the overall message, you know, yeah. uh, that they're but, but the general is trying to figure it out. He's trying to understand it. And finally, Dean, you know, gives him that moment, you know, where he explains what's actually going on. And of course, that's such a great sequence because, as Rizzo was saying before, you get that nod to War of the Worlds. You get that nod, like, you know, when, when, the, when the battleship almost gets nuked by the thing with this green you know ball just comes flying out of it yes you know the the you know the aggressive testosterone fueled neanderthal that lives within my heart uh would have liked to have seen a full-out battle between these robots going back and forth that would have kicked ass but that's not what this is about so they no. give you the taste of what a killing machine this thing is and then there's the image of of hogarth standing in front of the gun and prior to that um, Dean stops the tank with his motorcycle. That's right, he does. Tiananmen yeah, Square. it's Tiananmen Square. You know, full disclosure: I did watch the special edition with the two deleted scenes put back in, so okay. I did get to see that. And one of the deleted scenes is the robot's dream, uh, which reveals, which is revealing to everyone that he is a weapon of mass destruction, and it shows all the robots marching along and everything. Which kind of implies uh, that he was sent. Which kind of implies that he was sent, but we don't know his. We don't know his backstory, um, but just just to touch on what you just said, Phil, that you want to see these two robots knock them out, duke them out. Um, if anyone does for some reason want to see the Iron Giant actually fighting, go watch the movie Ready Player One. He appears in that movie, and everyone was quite angry because he fights in that movie. And as he himself said, "I not a gun." Uh, you know, so they made him fight. They also put him, he's in a couple things. Uh, Warner Brothers Games just released a new game called oh. Multiverses. And they've introduced uh, three new characters. Velma from, it's all the characters, like every character Warner Brothers has. It's like Batman can fight Scooby-Doo and all this stuff. So they just introduced <laughs> Velma from Scooby-Doo, Taz, the Tasmanian Devil, and the Iron Giant. And in the comments section, Everyone was like, yes, yes, yes. I'm going to play the Iron Giant. I'm going to play the Iron Giant. He also appears in Space Jam too. So he he gets some love. He's out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, should he be fighting it in Ready Player One? Probably not. Oh, there's also, so much wrong with Ready Player One to begin with. I miss, yeah, there's I all, there's a oh lot yeah, you have to you, you have you could just sit there and watch that movie with the sound oh, off. The, oh, Iron the Iron Giant. The other interesting thing is if you guys like fan films, there's a little teaser on YouTube of a fan film, a live action watch, fan film. Watch Phil molest the Iron Giant. Well, well, well yeah. There's a live action fan film teaser on YouTube. I can put the link if you guys really want to see it. Of the family uh, show Mansley, film. Kent Mansley being an old man and reminiscing <laughs> back on the situation, and it's actually fascinating to hear it from his side 
So if that ever gets made, or maybe it was already. But well, when you think about it, I mean, in reality, like find if, that. If, if this was some kind of real, you would have to kind of destroy the thing because you know, probably yes, you know what its potential is, and you could never risk that getting out. You know what I'm saying? It's like you couldn't trust that this thing would decide to be nice. But this um, this this film is a one and done film. Yeah, no, obviously I agree with that. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, you kind of see that the reality of the situation is. You really couldn't let this thing just go. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry. Like, um, oh, I was just say, well, William brought up a good point. You know, it is, it is, the, it fits the Sputnik around the time, and and that the Soviets and everybody's paranoid. So they, who knows, they could have thought that was a Russian thing. Although they did, there is one one flub when they show Sputnik uh, in the beginning. It's going the wrong way. It's orbiting. Oh, it's so funny. It's orbiting the wrong way. It should go west to east, not east to west. All all satellites with except for ones in polar orbit go uh west to east. Here's the was that, so wait a second. So that's that's so cool. So was was that an artistic decision? I think it was just a mistake. I think, I think the artist uh, just drew it that way, not realize. I think it just probably looked better going across the screen left yeah. to right. Who knows? The I can't imagine they wouldn't have pointed that out, you know, that somebody wouldn't have known that. Because Even all the other detail, yeah, you think they would have caught that. It was a mirror universe, the Enterprise. It was the mirror universe. The way. other little tiny, tiny thing was that uh, everyone was so mad about the giant fighting in Ready Player One, but in that Warner Brothers game that I just, multiverses that I just mentioned, um, he <laughs> they introduced him by showing him next to Superman, and Superman goes, you're with me. So it, it was really cute. Okay. Does he, yeah. but in the game, does he have the War of the world well, you, stuff that comes out and you can i don't know i know i haven't seen the gameplay <laughs> and i've not played the game if anybody has this warner brothers game multiverses at home and you've played it and you've played the iron giant character because this just got released like mid-may please tell us what he does <laughs> we don't know yeah so um i'm trying to think what else I can't believe so, we i want to talk about brad bird himself well i want to talk about the the book the kind of sad backstory to this thing it this does have a bit of the books have a yeah the book really sad on. and i don't want to dwell on it because it's it's really not a happy thing but this the book was called the iron man and it was written by um what's his first name hughes hughes is his last name right his last name i can't think of his first name ted i believe it's ted hughes and he wrote it for his kids on the death of his wife and guys his wife was sylvia plath and she so is. i i know you all know who that is so it was on on his on the occasion of her suicide uh, he wrote it for his kids afterwards to kind of comfort them um brad bird's sister was killed by her estranged in 1989 she was killed by her estranged husband husband by she was shot so this was kind of rolling around in brad's mind this iron man story and he actually had that thought of what if a gun had a soul and it what would it think about its job would it want to do its job and thus this story was born a lot of it is drawn from that book the iron man but uh there are some changes and dean which is a fantastic addition and a couple of the characters are a brand new addition they that you know he brought those in but the rest of it is pretty close actually yeah obviously they had to change the name because they didn't want to be confused with it didn't want iron they didn't want to confuse it with the iron with iron with man, iron yeah. man. <clears throat> so and we won't keep going but i want just want to talk about brad bird because he's a really really cool guy he's gotten i think two oscars he is the guy who did uh the incredibles yay we will 
be doing that when we're off next week, but we'll be doing that when we come back. And he also wrote Batteries Not Included, which is one of my little favorites. I love that movie. It's very, very sweet. And he also did Ratatouille, which I think is a great movie. So, oh, and he spent years on The Simpsons. He animated The Simpsons for years and years and years. Yeah. So he's a very talented guy and a great storyteller. I, I really would have liked to have seen this done, do more for him. And he sang in the Duck and Cover segment. That was Oh, did sick. he really? Yeah, that he has That's a voice awesome. credit. Yeah, where he they live with the duck and cover. He's he's part of that. I uh, found the original comic book cover that makes Iron Giant decide to become uh, Superman. Um, and it's uh, I put it in I put it in the comments, and it's Action Comics. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Um, yes, you see that they actually redrew it for the movie. You see that it's yeah. uh, it's number one eighty eight. Yep. Yep. From 1954. From 1954, yeah. That's so the one that he you showed go through the, all the comics. I don't know if a Tomo, I, I'm not familiar with a Tomo, if that was a real comic or not. Neither um, am I. But it was it was interesting uh, that that they did that. And that was, I think, also points, uh, something that, you know, Rizzo was pointing out again, you know, the innocence and the childlikeness of, of this. Um, Hogarth's reading Superman. He's reading that. He's not reading EC comics. He's not reading horror comics, you know, <laughs> which which came out at that time, you know. And this is this is um, three or four years before Fantastic Four number one. So that Marvel Age hasn't happened yet. So it's this very immature, you know. And it, and it's, and it's well, this is really obscure. Um, but at some point in the dialogue in the movie, um, either the general or Manning talks about a gorilla like what is it is it a gorilla he talks about an ape and at that time in the 50s and, and early 60s dc comics was always dropping gorillas in its comic books there was it was it's a weird thing that was happening and i felt like that was pointing to that era that might know? have been there were so, so many I, little easter eggs yeah, like that it may well have been too much into it you know but i but but that was a thing back in this in the late 50s and early 60s where it would be like superman versus Braino, the world's smartest gorilla, you know, and that would be like an issue of the comic book. And it was whatever, you know, and, and well, of course, if you watch the CW, they had Gorilla Grodd, you know, as was part of the part of the characters in some of the shows and stuff, which I thought was at the time was great. Um, uh, Chris LaRoche is saying the film just hits on so many levels, the casting, the period, the film design. The story is so heartfelt. Yeah, Chris, it really is. I want to talk about the cast a little bit. Uh, we talked about Brad Bird and his motive uh motivation to do this but i want to talk about the cast the cast actually was really great um eli marienthal is hogarth um eli's done a bunch of stuff but i think most of us in live action we mostly know him as stifler's younger brother in american pie or whatever, whatever those movies were the, not american pie yeah american, yeah, pie. american what are those pie movies with stifler yeah that's that's who he that's who he grew up to be <laughs> Jennifer Anderson. Actually, he was. That's about the age he was because yeah, that, that was those came out. In, those came out in the late nineties. So yeah, around the yeah, same right time. Jennifer Aniston got Annie Hughes. She she was fine. I feel the character was a little underdeveloped, but she was fine. Uh, they looked at Sarah Michelle Gellar, Meg Ryan, Jody Benson, Julianne Moore, and Nicole Kidman were all thought of. My favorite casting, my personal favorite casting, Harry Connick Jr. 
I love Harry Connick Jr. And, you know, at that time, at that time, he was like in everything. It seemed like he was. Remember, he was in Independence Day, which I want to do around Fourth yeah. of July. He was in, the, in Independence Day as the other yeah, fighter he was, pilot. Yeah, he did. And he He's did. Going, um, Why? We are uh, on this the, particular the, mission. The B seventeen bomber one. Um, the, the true story about the. Uh, oh come on! There was the one. The B yeah, Memphis Bell. He was in the Memphis. Memphis Bell. Bell. Thank you. I I, I, I saw that. It's a great the film. I, I love that film. It was a beautiful um, film. I saw that in the theater and cried. My, cried my yeah, eyes. Yeah, no, out. it's a great I, film. Yeah, it was a great film. He, Harry does it great in everything he he ever did. Yeah, he just seemed really popular for a while, and then he just kind of, and now you just you don't see him around much anymore doing yeah. anything. We have, of course, I am Groot himself, Vin Diesel as Vin an Diesel's Iron Giant. voiceover work is <laughs> pretty had, much. He must get. I wonder if he get. They pay him by the word or something. They pay him he by the word. Nothing. He had fifty-three words yeah. in this movie, which is more <laughs> than what Groot has said in like three yeah. or four. Yeah, it's Marvel like a poor guy. He's like, you know, I can do more than just say I am Groot. I am Groot, but he does get like he he actually he's another one who's really good at his job because yeah. they looked at a bunch of other people including james Earl jones um but no yeah finn does a really good job i think with that i'm not a huge fan i was not that huge a fan of harry connick jr and when i read the credits this time around i was shocked that it was him because i normally don't like him you know well, you can, um, he's recognizable i think immediately he, he never really lost that louisiana kind of yeah sound to his that new orleans sound to his voice i i i just i i thought it was an idiot in independence day but independence day is just independence oh, day that's is a the independence day is yeah, there's no there's no message there it, there's no message no, no message, message. it was like a big shoot but about memphis bell. Phil, go watch memphis bell i yeah i might have seen well yeah, I might have Matthew seen Modine and, back in the day. I have to remember. Is that the is Harrison Ford in that one? Or is that no, the no, no. No, Hanover Street was met was Harrison Ford, right? And uh, Harrison Ford's not in that one in Memphis right. Bell. Memphis Bell is a true story. Memphis Bell is you a know, true it's story. A doc, it's, a, it's, it's got some you know drama added in, but yeah. The overall story is um, uh, World War about the B-17s and the, the yeah. world. Yeah. And and how um, they, they had to go so many missions and then they could go home if they yeah. survived. And this, Which is not not and, unlike and Bell um, was the first one that was able to complete not all like Saving missions. Private Ryan, same kind of feel. To yeah, it had very along the, the same It's very along the same lines. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I was surprised Aniston um, was was so good in this movie. She was a terrific voice actress. I really liked her a lot. She's I really like talented, and you know that's one of those. She's one of those people that, um, like she's not just a pretty face. Yeah. Um, you know, like if you and, want and to I, see her I, when she's when when some different things. Yeah, I mean, we saw her first on Friends, and I was just like, yeah, yeah I never was a big Friends fan. Me, me too. But uh, there's other films I've seen subsequently with her in it. Um, you know, I I, I like her as an stuff actress. like Office Space. Like I yeah, love Office Space, Office Space. but she's done some drama too. Flair. You know, <laughs> she's done, yeah, Flair. she's done. I mean, if you ever saw Horrible Bosses. Yes, yeah. he's great yes. in that. Great in that. Just, that's a very funny movie. Well, I fell in love with Jennifer Aniston all over again in, in Horrible yeah. Bosses. Yeah, yeah. well, she's looking pretty good in that film. Friends, you know? Yeah, she's looking pretty good in that film. But like another actor that I had a kind of similar experience with was Brad Pitt, because we always saw him. He's always the kind of that the face, you know. And then yeah. I saw him in Twelve Monkeys. Yeah, and he was oh my God. so he good in Twelve, 12 Monkeys. monkeys. 12 monkeys he was he played down. such a good insane person in 12 right. monkeys i was like this guy yeah. he can act. and then of course fight club yeah um you know he's just he's he's, he's a great no we're actor. not doing fight club but we might do 12 monkeys 
first rule of fight clubs don't talk about fight love 12 monkeys all right I'll, 12 I'll, monkeys I'll, is a good, a good yeah, very good movie. we might we uh, might have to do that at some point maybe we'll get back, like a good halloween one cast. we had cloris leachman as the teacher she had all of seven words i you know we had yeah, Chloris, Chloris was like unrecognizable, and I'm like, yeah, she I mean, was, yeah, I didn't know, I wouldn't have picked that Completely unrecognizable, out. yeah. I did John Mahoney. I picked out, and of course, John Mahoney is, is very distinct. Yeah, easy to pick out Christopher McDonald. Now, Christopher <laughs> is our one. Well, we, there's a couple minor all roads, but Christopher is our road because, of course, he played Lieutenant Richard Castillo in right. yesterday's Enterprise. Uh, they, they looked at Tommy Lee Jones, Alec Baldwin, Burt Reynolds, Kevin Spacey, James Woods, Dennis Hopper. And Patrick Stewart, of all people, were considered for Kent Mansley. So that's kind of interesting. We just mentioned John Mahoney. And for him, they looked at uh, Jack Nicholson, Kirk Douglas, and I don't know who else. <laughs> a couple other people. Glad they went with John. I like, I've all, I miss John. You know, he's gone now. And I loved him on Frasier. And he just had a really nice Very distinct, way about him. Yeah. 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 Christopher McDonald will always be Shooter movie. McGavin, though. Yeah, Christopher McDonald will always be Shooter McGavin. Shooter. Oh, well. <laughs> a couple other minor people. There's, you know, Ollie and Frank were the, the trains engineer and fireman. Ollie and Frank are two of Disney's 12 old, uh, Disney's nine old men. They were two of Disney's original animators and have done little voice bits over the years. Uh, and there were a couple other little bit parts like that. Um, but yeah, you know, it was a great cast. I, I, Harry Connick Jr., I think, uh, Chris McDonald and the little kid Eli. They, the three of them made this movie. Like that, the movie was basically between the three of them, really. And what was they, Hogarth's? They what, the, the actor who played Hogarth. What was Eli Marienthal? And what's I? I didn't catch that part. What was his? Um, what else has he done? Not a heck of a lot. We mostly know him from American Pie. He's Stifler's little brother. Oh. No, he doesn't have a huge. He's done some. One, stuff. I one thing I don't. Did I miss you? You mentioning M. Emmett Walsh? Oh, I missed one Emmett. Of the, he has, come on, one of the greatest sci-fi credits, Blade Runner. That's true. Emmett, M. Emmett Wells as Earl Stutz, the sailor. That's right. He's the sailor on the boat and the first one to see the giant. And he's all like completely yeah. like, yes. Blade Runner. Yes, yes. Who was, I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, Mary Beth, who was, um, Annette was asking this when we watched it last night. Um, who was the townie in the diner? was mocking him had such a great main affect to his voice um can't get there from here uh i don't know but i will look uh because yeah, a lot of these the people name, yeah. are just credited as additional it might voices. have been bob bergen bergen he has a, it, he did a bunch it, yeah um, could have been bob bergen could have been jack angel uh that was that know. was a voice Robert Pompous, was maybe robert Clotworthy. yeah it could have been any one of these guys here there's just a bunch that just have a, additional voice credits they don't yeah. specifically say who they were. Oh, I was going to look up Eli to see what else this kid has been in. Not a kid anymore. No. Yeah, American not. Pie, American Pie Two. Right now he's or he, he hasn't done much. Yeah, the North, yeah, the the North, North Pole. Pole. That's it. Tucker. Yeah, that's before that. He did an episode much. of Touched by an Angel. Yeah, he's around. He may right. make a comeback. Sometimes these kids do. It's such, such a I don't know. It's just I thought I thought Hogarth was so well performed and and so uh, you know I mean I'm thinking about him watching the horror movie and eating popcorn and, and the whole thing. You just the timing of it was really really good. Um, top of your head, Mary Beth, how old was he when he made this? Nine. He's, wow. <laughs> he was nine. Wow. 
Well, they directed him really well, Ben. Yeah, I mean, very they talented, did. But he's ninety; they must have did. Well, really the scene, the job, scene where he has the cappuccino. Yeah, the scene where he has the cappuccino. Yeah. Actually, you know, you know what? Another interesting tidbit about that scene—that's the only scene that Brad Bird right. animated he, he all he himself. And he they had to do something where he had to like really put in stuff in between that, like to make the get the speed right. He had yeah, to do some extra, extra and he, frames. The other thing they did with this kid was when he was riding, when this giant was spinning him around in the car and he had to make his voice shake because the car was shaking as he went around. Um, the kid couldn't do it. So Brad Bird had to take him by the shoulders and kind of shake him while he was like. I was doing that to you guys about an hour ago. On the right, well, that was just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> You guys should let me done the show from the throughway. That was fun. You know, one of the things, you know, just jumping back when we were talking about the film didn't do well in the theater. And I wonder if one of the reasons it might not have, because one of the things that struck me was as I was watching is that not only does this movie take place in 1957, you could take this movie and drop it into 1957. And it would, yeah. I, you wouldn't know that it was made in 1999 as opposed to me i mean yes there was some using the special effects of the robot being computer generated but you could have seen this as hand drawn with all these things in it and it looked like it could have been from 1950 like like a, a fleischer superman cartoon yeah and it's so i wonder i wonder if that was another you know that again it wasn't modern enough for the audience for the general audiences i know this what was, what was it up against uh rizzo the sixth sense is what it came up against at the same released on the same day but one little kid saw dead people. One little kid saw a giant. Dead people. <laughs> you want to hear a funny story about the six? I didn't see that in the theater. I saw it on you know VHS or whatever it was uh, at DVD, and yeah, we're that's... watching it. And of course, you know that no, you know nobody had revealed the big. Okay, spoiler alert in case nobody's seen it. Here's you know, quickly the big the big bombshell at the end was and 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 so Bruce Willis gets shot in like in the first twenty minutes, ten minutes, yep. whatever. And I'm like, oh, so he's dead the whole film. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're, and we're like, I was like, why? like, how the hell did you know that? I'm like, I didn't. I just it was guess. Yeah. <laughs> you just because, guess. I, because, I'm ladies totally... and gentlemen, Michael Rizzo has a braid and he uses it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I'm if so you watch it, and I don't want to jump into that movie too much, but if you watch any of the stuff on the, the uh, what's uh, what's his name that made that. Um, M Night Shyamalan. M. Night. He's like, I thought we were giving the movie away because every time. Bruce was in the room. It was cold. No, was so many red. people were completely surprised. Yeah, there was yeah. the red. Did everybody? Everybody? He's like, oh man, it's so obvious, and like nobody got it. Bill Sotek <laughs> says he said the same thing. <laughs> but for October, when we're doing our Halloweeny stuff in October, I would love to do some M Night Shyamalan. I'd love to do Signs, um, The Sixth Sense, The Village. That was a great one. Do the, happening. Do the happening so I can complain about it nonstop for the an happening. hour straight. I don't think that's yeah. an M night. Is that an M night? Yes. Is that the one with the trees? I hated yes. those. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I haven't I, seen. See, I'm yeah, not that's that's right. a fan. Got it nonstop Mark, for right? See, I've only, the only one I think I've seen out of all of those trees. is uh, is the um, six the sixth sense. Is the sixth sense? I haven't. Was that the, the one we did in the science one with the big giant squid thing doing the ink? them trying to talk to the big squid aliens i don't think so that's, that's the arrival that's the arrival. oh okay uh yeah no so no i haven't seen signs um no no <laughs> signs is uh signs is a good one. i like signs a lot i like the village the village stars bryce dallas howard which we we love her because she's been doing great directing for mando for the mandalorian right 
It's like Opie, all roads. Opie Cunningham's daughter. To, yeah, Opie Cunningham's daughter has been directing Mandalorian and other things. Yes. All roads lead also to Star Wars somehow. Star Wars. <laughs> I might have to have multi-roads on this show. <laughs> roads that lead everywhere. We might need a map on this show. Yeah. Uh, all, all multiverse roads. Um, multiverse roads. I know it's getting a little late. I do want to point out uh, one other thing uh, that's a little, you know, again, I'm, I'm up in my, you know, I'm up in my in the nether regions up here thinking about this movie is that the movie is set in October um, of the year in Maine. Um, and as the giant gets closer and closer to its reveal, it goes to winter, like when things die. It was moving towards like the, you know, the end. And, and that's the vibe I was getting from it. Like, like when he jumps into the lake and that was saying like, why is he going in the lake? It's really cold. And of course it was really cold, but- It was, the kid was like- thematically, we we're going to that time of the year when things die and the lesson is things die. And it was just like another way to put that. But like I said, you know, I'm this, I've been thinking about this movie for 21 years, you know, and, and it just lives in my heart. And uh, that's, I just love it so much. And sometimes I'll be just walking around and I'll be reading something terrible. I'll be looking at something or something will happen, you know, and I'll just, you know, just think about that, that end scene where he flies up, you know, to destroy the nuke, you know, and I'm like, yeah. oh. He chooses, he chose, he chose to be Superman. World, but he chose and he goes, you know, and it's just, you know, such, such, such a, a great thing it's really a great thing yeah, yeah you know, it's and not it's not it doesn't it doesn't give you the adrenaline rush but for me it's always given me something to think about all these years so so yeah, yeah. i i love its message i love simple straightforward messages but just to kind of dovetail off of what you just said there at the very very end of the movie in the deep snow when all the parts and pieces no. kind of start coming back interestingly enough brad bird himself said that that was not meant uh, he didn't initially mean he, he knows how the audiences are taking it and that's okay but he did not initially mean for that to be a literal uh, kind of resurrection he thought he wanted it just to be kind of his soul living on just as they had discussed after the deer got shot yeah. and but it ended up and so now audiences everywhere are so hopeful that maybe there'll be an iron giant too I don't yeah, think, you know, I, you I don't know, think I, it's coming kids I just don't think yeah, it's I don't think happen. here we are 20 years 22 years later I, I feel I feel this movie. I feel they should make a sequel to the last Starfighter, but I, you know, <laughs> it's and it's never too late for that. Yeah, <laughs> never will be too late for that. But in this, I think it's perfect the way it is, and I think it would diminish it. Like you could be on the agree. fence. You could be on the fence about having you know 2010 being the sequel to 2001. I think 2010 stands you know as its own story, and it's and it's it's, and it's a message movie as well. Was it necessary to do that? Was it necessary for Clark to write it? Yeah, you know, I mean, you can just see 2001, you know, off on its own and stuff like that. You know, with the with the Clark thing, it's it's like Clark wanted there were so many things Clark wanted to add to that. But in this case, I feel like well, this is this just needs to be by itself. This yeah. is this is like this is like I mean, I'm 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 not blowing smoke up your butt, but it's like this is kind of like a Mona Lisa. You don't want to like do another Mona Lisa, you know? Exactly. It's just like, it's, yeah. it really Clark, Clark well. a lot of Clark's books are like that where they don't explain everything they don't wrap everything up in a nice neat bow and then what's happened with his stories is they I got a mosquito in here um got him 
You are not a fly swatter. Yeah, um, you know, but then they like like they did Rendezvous with Rama, you know, and then which they're making into a film, which would make a great film. But then they did he did he got with Gentry Lee, and he started doing like Rama two and stuff like that. And it didn't need to be made. Those books were not nearly no. as good as the as the original. Well, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up too because they're talking about a Rama movie, and I'm like, right. well, if they make a Rendezvous with Rama movie, you know, Rendezvous with Rama is a great book where nothing happens you know <laughs> it's just like well, i see i love that book that was like one of my favorite clark books of all time because i just you never know what they were or what they were doing exactly you know? the mystery of it was what what yeah. which was, was you know was really the, the point you know what so was, how is that going to be a movie that anyone's going to want to watch it's well that's the of... thing and the, you know if you read i've read the sequel the you know rama 2 and and, and stuff like yeah. that and and all the sequels to it and i didn't like it at all because it started explaining and yeah and it, you know yep. it just left yep. all the mystery out of it and it just yeah it was not it's a it's something we it's a trap that writers have fallen into many times but over. i don't think clark i think clark gets got forced into doing that like you know what i'm saying because he mostly wrote those with gentry lee mostly a gentry clark, lee. clark didn't need it I, yeah. they must they must have well, I mean, the same thing can be said for A. McCaffrey in the Dragon Rise Hearn series, you know, where they just kept adding and adding and adding and they wanted that. Well, Although we actually... Think, go ahead. No, we said the same thing about Star Wars. When they got to the prequels and they started talking about midichlorians, we, we actually said the exact same thing. No, we don't need to. You, you don't know, need to. You know, and, and, and if you look at the original Star Wars, if you just look at... If you just travel back to 1977 and, and, and Ross, you know, Roy's buddy wrote a great little treatise on on star wars 1977 that movie existed all by itself oh, yeah. and if you never thought of anything okay all right you had splinter of the mind's eye all right but still it existed all by itself and it had that been the only movie ever made and the only thing ever done not even the holiday special um <laughs> you know it would have been enough it would have been enough i i know i'm talking blasphemy you love you know the mandalorian you love Obi-Wan, you love all these new things, and, and that's all exciting and stuff like that, but had that movie just sat out there, it would have become a classic like Iron Giant, you know? But Iron Giant doesn't need the Star Wars treatment. It doesn't need There was no movie. way once Star Wars became the massive worldwide blockbuster that, that they, that were they not weren't going to make a gonna sequel to it. They were going to go back to that well. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. It's still, we talked about that, you know? Like it's, an artist, if you look at it from an artist's eyes... It's, it's so part of pop culture stuff. that even if you haven't seen the movie, you know the story. You know the some of the yeah. characters. Oh yeah, because it's just ingrained in our pop culture. And you know so. the music, yeah. So hey, we're getting near the end of our last we final are. thoughts on this film. I, I I know I'm not. I don't have the love for this as much as Phil and Chris and some of you guys. And I'm sorry, I don't. I, I like the film. I thought it was entertaining, but I just didn't find the attraction that you guys have for it. Sorry, um, but it was a good okay, movie. We, we I enjoyed it. You, Rizzo. You're still a good dude. Well, you know, I always say, you know, <laughs> you like something that's great and just be, not everybody likes everything. Obviously, you know, so. Chris, so that's Chris my, is, yeah, my final, I'll say, Chris is saying, I want to tell you how I feel about this film, but it's just such a strong impact on me. I can't find the right words. Oh, all right. Um, he's, he's right. There, there are times I, this, in this movie, there are times in this movie that I'm watching it, even, even when I watched it yesterday, on some freeview uh, app, you know, uh, with commercials, but I'm still moved to tears. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that still gets me, gets it's me right good, there. Yeah. When you, you know, said yeah, sorry, I guess I'm a cold-hearted. <laughs> it just didn't move me. Yeah, it no, it's moving. I think this it's very, very, uh, it's very different movie, different from other movies like it, and um, 
but it's very, very straightforward and very, very sweet. And it has a message that I think every kid should hear. And I think every adult should take to heart. Uh, yeah. I, I think this message, we could do a little more. We could do a little better with more of this message out there in the world today, I think. Absolutely. And uh, the whole swords into plowshares. And, so, and angels metaphor. put down your swords. All yes. right, coming up, coming up, coming up. What's Roy doing? Roy, oh, that's on this tomorrow. Movie, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow, not Friday. Tomorrow, Roy has a double header kind of situation. He's going to be tackling the Space Seed and the Rathacon. <laughs> so, so prepare yourself for a four or five hour be a show. Four or five hour episode. <laughs> and he I will do it that. on the New York State Thruway, the New Jersey Thruway. And he will probably do it, yeah, from a you know, like somewhere. we we because we we did Wrath of Khan, and you know, I always said that that series that's a four four it's part it's a four part story because you have Space Seed, Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, and then the Voyage Home to wrap up the story. You think about it, that story spans. One up, one a TV episode and three movies for that yep. whole story to play itself out fully. Yep. So uh, he he's got material. We already did Wrath of Khan. So if you want to, if you want to go back about a year and and through yeah, the, go back the and what we did with Fez. Find it and uh, yep. Um, Fez is doing the Batman, which I have my own thoughts on. Fez is doing the Batman. We are off next week, and we will put the reminder up for you. And Captain Phil, what do you have coming up on WUSB? Tomorrow, I have um, Riot Act, which is following through on the band Riot from the late 70s, 80s, which is kind of like a hair metal band from the 70s, 80s. Then I have Michael Schilling from uh, Shoreleaf. Wait, 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 wait. Michael Schilling? Like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, from, yeah, never mind. From, from Shoreleaf. Sorry, I, my brain went somewhere else for a hot second there. <laughs> okay. To talk like, about Shoreleaf, uh, the Star Trek convention in Baltimore. And two weeks later, I have uh, a great uh, classical uh, composer, serious music composer coming on to talk about her piano rhapsody based on the life of the inventor Tesla. And I got the James Webb Telescope Scientist, June 30th, coming on June 30th. Oh, very cool. Very exciting. And I have this guy too. Yeah. So Chris, Chris wants your robot. Planet. Chris Alter. wants your robot. Yes. And Chris Phil, I have to it. I have to point something out. Your clock behind you is like two minutes fast. I know it makes me crazy because I have to time <laughs> things with the station. I look up and I was like, that's two minutes fast. I, <laughs> I know, I know. So as you can you see, need to get it. one of those those clocks that reads the uh the Navy atomic clock in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, the atomic clock, yeah. <laughs> but um no, I use I use I when I'm when I'm coordinating with the station i actually have to use the either cell phone clock or the computer clock to do it right because it has to be close to what time it is in stony brook but if i just go whatever random clock is around here um we'd have dead air for like 20 minutes <laughs> Spe speaking of dinner we forgot our drink tonight but that's okay oh yeah i did have a drink it's on the website i won't bother it's on with the it website now. yeah it's on it the website sounds I, did delicious. About. I did have one but it's on it's on our but facebook we, this page. is the distillery we always have something we always growing. have a drink it was a very summery drink too it was a very summery drink too but that's okay so um but anyway so yeah so we're off next week i know we said that like five times just want everybody to know i'm out of town um, but we are going to come back. We're going to come back. We're going to start a whole, I don't know how long we'll carry the animated thing, but till we get bored, I guess. But we're going to start off with the Incredibles. I literally started when we started talking about this earlier today. 
I started watching watching that movie again. And, and the Incredibles. I, I just love. I just love, little, that. I just love that movie. She makes that movie. The costume maker. What's her name? Oh yeah, Edna. Um, Edna Mo. Edna. Edna. No she capes. She makes that movie. I love it. I just want there's to watch so the many Edna things scene. about it that I like that movie. It's so much fun. And the Jack Jack scene. And, yeah, like Jack it's Jack. It, there's so many quotables in it. Monologuing. The monologue. The monologue. Oh, you got me monologue. Yeah, it's okay. We're we're gonna talk about that. We'll talk about that. We'll do that one when we come back. If you haven't yeah. seen The Incredibles, uh, watch that one. And there's some other and there's some good stuff coming out because what made me think of this too is another movie that's coming out. I think in June or July is uh, Lightyear, based on Toy yeah. Story Buzz Lightyear. So it's the live. Well, not live. It's it's animated, but as if Buzz Lightyear was a real person character, and he actually like works for the space command and it looks like it's going to be a really fun movie that I, could I, I be cute yeah. yeah so all right guys it's after eight o'clock oh, let everybody go look at oh it's like but does it do the war of the worlds thing his head just turned oh the no. lights came on yeah he's I'm superman, superman. <laughs> all right on that note we will see you guys in a couple of weeks Thanks for watching. Now, Thanks for live fighting. long and prosper. And don't be a gun that has a don't, whatever. Don't be a gun. Use not to be a gun. There you go. I love you, Iron Giant. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, folks. Good night. <laughs>